Balo Yerivam Pranhona Kordia August Wood Ged Falchesh Jach. A very good evening to you and a warm welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio for this week's edition of Living Lent with me, Brandon Quinlevin. Throughout the season of Lent, we have been building up to this day and to this week. Today is Palm Sunday, and it's the beginning of Antiochtan War, the Great Week, or known better to us as Holy Week. In these days ahead, we journey with Jesus in the great city of Jerusalem, and we journey with him through the events of the cleansing of the temple, preaching and teaching with his disciples, to the Last Supper, the agony in the garden, and his journey to the cross on Calvary. Beyond that, we wait on Holy Saturday at the tomb, and we pray, we grieve, but we do so with hope, and hope in the reality of the resurrection that we will celebrate with great joy a week from today on Easter Sunday. So on the programme this evening, as we head into Holy Week, we might reflect on some of those key days, some of those key events. The triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and what it says to us today. The story of the Last Supper and the great act of service of Jesus in washing his disciples' feet. And the great sacrifice, the self-giving of Christ on Calvary. How do we respond? How do we journey to that place and still have hope in our hearts that all this was for us, all this was for our salvation?
and stones and weary bones. From the earliest scriptures in Genesis, we acknowledge that we have been created from the dust of the earth and infused with the Holy Spirit breath to create a soul. Each one of our lives begins and ends with dust. We as bodies made of dust travel the long and dusty roads of life until dust we return. But stone Stone lasts forever. Throughout the scriptures, stones are the symbols of permanence, of foundational faith, of God's presence, of stability provided by God. The tablets of the law were presented as etched into stone. Stone indicated the presence of God and served as altars. It's no mistake that Jesus named Peter as the rock that would be the foundation for his church, or that Jesus would describe himself as the stone once rejected by the builders that has become the cornerstone. Infused with the power and the presence of God, Jesus is God eternal. The scripture for today on this Palm Sunday shows Jesus kicking up the dust as he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. When the Pharisees saw the reaction of the crowds, most of them disciples and fans of Jesus, they warned them to tell them to stop praising and shouting. But Jesus looked them straight in the eye and said to them, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones themselves would cry out. The stones that day bore witness to the identity, the mission and the authority of Jesus. Jesus knew that although his physical strength may wane and his bones may be broken, God's own witness could never be destroyed. God's voice could never be silenced. God's mission could never be put asunder. God's plan for humanity would prevail no matter how loudly the foes of Jesus might protest. Solid as a rock. God's promise would be invincible. God's word would last forever. God is the creator of our world, the creator of all life, and the creator of our hope. In a sense, Jesus ride from the Mount of Olives down the hill and into the temple gates of Jerusalem symbolizes his entire life and mission. This is the path he was meant to take. 
This is the life he was meant to lead. This is the death he was meant to face. This is the promise that he meant to inaugurate. This is the story of the resurrection, the story of God's ability to create life out of dust and dry bones. The will of God to promise new life will commence at the end of that dusty road. Palm Sunday begins a solemn walk for Jesus, one that he knows will lead to his death. And yet he is confident in God's promise, in his identity as God's Son, and in the life that is to come. Today, as in Jesus' time, the world is filled with people who would silence the good news of the Gospel, who would try to stifle and ridicule the truth of the resurrection. Our world knows those who would, with their contrived power and authority, attempt to silence the voices of the powerless, the ill, the grieving, who would try to squelch the energy of the creatives, the innovators and the change-makers, who would try to push down those fighting for the rights of the poor or the plight of the downtrodden, who would do anything to hang on to their own status and might. To those, Jesus still says today, God's truth cannot be silenced. God's power cannot be squelched. God's victory cannot be denied. And to those who have felt silenced, be encouraged. The stones are shouting. God's witness knows your plight. Resurrection is coming. Rise up.
thee daily from above Clad in signs of bread and wine Feed us, lead us, keep us thine Angels, saints and nations sing Praise be Jesus Christ our King sky and sea, King of love on Calvary, King of love on Calvary. The scene is the upper room. Jesus and his twelve close followers are gathered for this, the last time. Only two of them know that fact. Slowly and silently, Jesus stands to his feet. His face shows the pain he feels that even now the disciples do not understand. He steps away from the table, are slow and deliberate. He loosens the belt which holds his robe and carefully lays it aside. He picks up the towel lying there and wraps it around himself. He looks like the Messiah no longer. Now he looks like a slave. Jesus kneels down and begins to pour the water over the feet of Judas Iscariot. With tender compassion, he bathes the feet of one set out to destroy him. Judas is not a great deal unlike each of us. We do not feel down deep that God really does do everything he can to win us, even if it means getting down on his knees. You see, the hardest thing for us to accept is our acceptability before God. Ours is a God who gets down on his knees before us to say in the most dynamic way he can, you are acceptable and you are accepted. It may sound strange, but many of us have too high of a view of God. This view says that God could not really love me, not like I am. On the other side, we have too low a view of ourselves, We think, I'm so bad or messed up or I've done so many terrible things, God could not love and accept me. Yet here is God on his knees saying, Yes, I do accept you. Can you accept me? Down in the depths of our souls, we are beginning to wonder what it would be like if we could believe for one minute that God really wants us here and now, just as we are. Already Judas has left and refused Jesus' love. Jesus' love is an accepting love. Skin colour did not make a difference, nor did gender. Nationality was not important. Jesus images a God who kneels before everyone 
so that everyone might kneel before him, knowing that he is indeed Lord. What then is our task? It is to be workers in Christ's stead, loving as he loves, accepting those whom he accepts, which is everyone. It has to be this way. What a sorry lot we would be if we rejected those for whom Christ died. We have seen that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples in a dramatic presentation of the way God works with his people. He accepts us just as we are, and he commands that we love and accept one another. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come Just as I am Though tossed about With many a conflict Many a doubt Fightings and fears Within, without O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, Thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because you promise, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I come The Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem is the site of Christ's passion, death and resurrection. It's ancient and hard to navigate. Once you enter, your guide leads you to a dark and smoky chapel where candles burn and monks pray and incense fills the air. You approach a small place beneath a marble altar, a spot only a few inches wide, You bend down and see a dark hole in the stone floor. Nervously, fearfully, you crouch down 
and reach your hand into the opening and touch a piece of rock. Rock worn smooth by almost twenty centuries of hands groping in the dark. The hands of peasants and kings, of saints and servants, all drawn to this very church. And in that moment you touch one of the most important places of all human history, the earth that held the cross, your touching Calvary. And for just a moment the centuries fall away. Here is where the blood fell, the women wept. There, just a few inches away, is where Mary stood watch with John at her side. Nearby were all the others, the centurion, the thief, the guards. Here is where Christ whispered, It is accomplished. You withdraw your hand from the dark opening and stagger to your feet. The sensation is disorienting. You finally understand that here, at this obscure place, is where everything changed. On Good Friday, we strive to do what pilgrims have done in Jerusalem for generations. We seek to connect with the mystery of the Passion, this great unparalleled act of love. And yes, we seek somehow to touch Calvary. We experience it anew. But if we're honest, we realise something else, that Calvary is not just one place at one moment in time. Calvary is everywhere. It is any place where the body of Christ is scourged, stripped, broken, pierced, even now. There is the Calvary of inadequate accommodation where a homeless family tried to survive. There is the Calvary of people who are suffering the effects of war and oppression and violence. There are Calvaries in hospital and hospice rooms around the country. There is a Calvary that dwells within every human heart whenever we turn towards sin and turn our backs on Christ. The world is haunted by Calvaries. But by God's grace, Calvary isn't the end of the story. Twenty centuries later, that very place remains a silent witness to what was and a testament to what would be. In Jerusalem, when you go to visit the site of the crucifixion today, as you approach that sacred spot, you are struck by something unexpected. You realise there is only one way to touch Calvary. You have to go on your knees. And there is only one way to move on and that is by rising. In this way, the modern pilgrim discovers something as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. Here is the overarching message of these holy days of the Easter Tridium, a lesson that that holy spot in the ancient church teaches every person who draws near. The journey to Calvary ends by rising. Oh,
Shinwil Umsha Karja Umran Hona Tasulam Gurwinshiv Tanov August Bajor Solas As Arguijama Lekela. A very warm thank you to everyone for joining us for this series that we call Living Lent, which has been broadcast every Sunday evening here on Scarif Bray Community Radio during the season of Lent. Sincere thanks to the management of the station for their kind invitation to lead you in thought, in prayer and reflection during this Lenten season. And as we come to this final Sunday in the Lenten season, Palm Sunday, and as we enter Holy Week, can I take the opportunity to wish all of you a blessed and a graced time in these coming days. And as we draw ever closer to the great and joyful season and feast of Easter, I pray that it may be a day and indeed an entire season of joy and hope for all of you. Sincere thanks uh, to everyone uh, for participating and being part of this journey with me. So, Guji Gumemid Lekela Rist, Gudeshiv Galeir Slan. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, man, 
sacramenti rapiscati prego Signore l'ardente dolce forza del tuo amore la mente mia da tutte le Oh, yeah, I'm not 